God is a good God. You know, to all the fathers, I just want to say this to wish all of you a happy Father's Day. You know, fathers never retires. Yeah, no matter how you know, uh, old you get, you will never retire in a sense because your love towards your children, to provide for them, to protect them, is, is just a natural instinct that God has given to each and every father. Amen? So, you know, church, this morning I want to say this. Yeah, fathers, whether your children appreciate you or not, I want to say this, that you are definitely well esteemed by God, our Father. Amen? Because of the sacrifices that you have made. So I want to say to all the children, please, you know, honour your father, honour your mother. Amen? Because they, they are really the first heroes, the first educators in our lives. The first, you know, uh, example of, of a man, you know, uh, you know uh, as fathers to, to us and mothers, you know, example of women to us, all right? So, you know, please appreciate your... Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you've got to appreciate your parents, all right? Amen, amen. This morning, the title of my message is, What Are You Living Behind? What Are You Living Behind? Our lives involve a compilation of events and in the process of this compilation, what we do and the decisions we make will determine who we are and who we are will live on in the memories of people. The thing is this, people want to be remembered. But how they are remembered is dependent on how they have lived their lives. In the natural, people will live a will so that whatever that they've accumulated will be transferred to the next generation. Yeah, am I right? So how many of you, you have written your will, don't lift up your hands, all right? So the thing is this, that why, you know, living a will is important because you want to make sure that the next generation, the transition to the next generation is going to be smooth. There will not be a tussle, there will not be a, an infighting process. But the thing is, living a will means you are future-minded. You are planning ahead. You are thinking of what is to come. But I want to say this. Most material things can be passed down through a piece of paper, what we call a will. But do people want to be remembered by things? Material, material things are never a good denomination for remembrance. How many of you want to be remembered as, or oh, you have built the building? Or you have, you know, accumulated so much wealth. You have passed, you know, your wealth. You handed down your wealth. You have left a few properties. Your children inherited your estate. And so on and so on. We, or do people want to be remembered only as what is described on a tombstone? How many of you have visited graves before? And a lot of times, there's just a... a, a, a description of how the person is was a good father and stuff how many of us want to be remembered as just that just a short description on a tombstone that is why if we keep on just focusing on material things there are big houses but not homes fancy cars but nowhere to drive to loads of money but equally as insecure all of us, whether we like it or not, we will leave something behind. What we leave behind will define the life that we have lived. The question to all of us this morning is this, what do we leave behind? Turn to your neighbor, ask your neighbor, what do you want to leave behind? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 says, "Is a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So, it says this, a good father, a good man, leaves an inheritance to his 
children's children. So we are talking about at least three generations. But the Bible is not talking about material things. In fact, the Bible warns us in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 24, for riches are not forever, nor does the crown endure to all generations. Even the Chinese Proverbs, uh, Proverbs says, wealth will not last three generations. It is amazing how much people focus on material wealth instead of character wealth. So when the Bible says that a good man lives, a good, uh, a good man lives and inheritance to his children's children, is more than just material things. So if this morning, is nothing wrong to be able to accumulate and to pass on wealth to your coming generations. But the thing is this, it must be more than just material things. It must be more than, their, you know, just, just money or, or things in their lives. It must be something that is far more valuable in their lives that they can build on when you are, not, when you are no longer around. So why is it important to live a good legacy? You need to live behind something that is good to them. Alright, why? Because number one, it gives a good start to the next generation. Proverbs 22 verse 1 says that a good name is more desirable than great riches. A good name can't be bought. No matter how rich you are, a good name can't be bought. It is only gained through the good that you do in your life. And your children will be the greatest reflection of the good deeds that you have done. The next generation will have a good example to follow and to build upon. A good legacy is like a good foundation. When you have a good foundation, a lot more that you can, be, you can build upon it. So don't just leave them with material things. There's more than that. How about a good name that you can leave to, for your children and even your, your children's children? Secondly, why is it important to live behind a good legacy? Is that you leave a good light for the path of the next generation. A good legacy will illuminate the path of the next generation. The example you leave behind will educate the coming generations through the life that you have lived. So that's why it's important that you leave behind a good legacy. Prayerfully, it will lead them to even a brighter future than what you have built. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to verse 7, Paul wrote this to Timothy and he said this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. How many of us, you know, uh, have, have somehow in one event or another have come across the second part of, of this verse, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Most of the time, where do we see it? On tombstone. Am I right? But while, when Paul wrote this, he was still alive. It's amazing, right? How many of us can actually say that I fought a good fight? I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Paul knew that his time was near. His time was nearing, but he was confident in writing this to Timothy. It is only possible when God is at the center of your life and knowing that everything else is temporary. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
living a, a, a spiritual legacy is more important than living material wealth. A lot of things that we do and we need in this world, which is temporary, have to come from the world which is eternal. Let me explain a little bit more on that. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift come from, is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So all that we need, all that, you know, that we want in this world comes from eternal, eternity. Why? Because God knows, you know, Jesus even said this, that no, do not worry, for your Father knows that you need all these things. So God already knows. But the thing is that a lot of times we just kept on, we keep on focusing on the material things that we forget about the eternal things. If all our investment is in this world and when it collapses, there is nothing left to lean on. But if we invest in the eternal world, we will have hope no matter what happens in this temporal world. If our security is in the eternal world, then whatever that we face in this life, whether we are rich or poor, whether we, we are successful or we are you know, struggling through life, it doesn't matter because we know that whatever that we need comes from the eternal world. If this world is all you want, this world is all you get. If you live your life like this world is everything, you know what you will leave behind to your children? You will leave behind everything that is of this world. But I pray that none of us will be like that. Don't maximize your potential in this world at the expense of that world. Don't maximize your potential in the temporary at the expense of the eternal. Jesus said, but seek first His kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So God knows that all these things will be added unto you. So it's it's great that you have done well. It's great that you, you, have, you, know, you have accumulated to, to pass on, but I pray that that will not be the only things that you're going, to be, you're going to pass on to your next generation. When Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. This is first a decision on what matters to you. Don't sacrifice so much for what is temporary, that you lose sight of what is eternal. If your focus is only in this world, you'll be very disappointed. By now, you should know what is more important. But the question is this to all of us, how much of a spiritual legacy are you going to transfer to the next generation? And all these things is intentional. It is not by coincidence. Friends, I said this before, you can't be an absent dad and expect a present son. You can't be ungodly and expect a godly son. Education always begins at home and not elsewhere. It starts in the home. Elsewhere helps to further strengthen what has been built. Never underestimate the role and influence of family and home. Friends, if you teach your kids material things is everything. That is what they're going to believe for their entire life. And that's what they're going to pass on to the next generation. If you tell them that success is this and this and this and this, 
and it's only, temp- it's only on temporary things. You know what? They will build their entire life on all these things. So I pray that we will catch this, we will understand there's something that's more important than what is temporary, which is the eternal. You know, fathers, I want to applaud all of you because you keep doing your best even though sometimes your children don't see it. I know some of you, you know, that your children, you know, don't really show their appreciation towards you, but you kept on going. And some of you, you are, you are godly, you are living your lives, you know, the, the best that you can to follow Jesus. And I applaud you for that because I know that no matter what it is now, it will bear fruit in the coming days. So don't give up. Amen? All right, so it's important to have a strong spiritual legacy. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, don't just leave things. Amen? You know, because things is a bad denomination, you know, to, to, to leave behind in that sense. You know, if, if you're talking about 20 years ago when you leave behind 1 million ringgit, it's a lot of money. But today, 1 million ringgit is not a lot of money, even though many of us don't have it yet. But it's not a lot of money, am I right? If you have a house, you probably would have, you know, been closer to, to a millionaire in that sense. But I pray that we will understand that a spiritual legacy is more important than material wealth. Amen? So you pass down a spiritual legacy through three things that I want to share with you. Firstly, is enduring faith. Everybody say enduring faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So your faith becomes the substance of hope and also the evidence of assurance. This will always lead to a good testimony. In verse 2, it says, For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. Live your life, never wavering in your faith toward God. No matter what happens, always hold on to Jesus. No matter how, you know, the storms in your life that may come and hit you hard, always set your eyes on Jesus. Because that's the only thing that will, will keep your children going even when times are bad for them. Amen? If you are just passing on things to them, when those things run out, they have no other hope, they have no other things to, to hang upon. But if you leave them, your faith they will keep on going no matter how challenging it may be. One of the best things you can leave behind is for your children to always turn to God because you have lived it out. Your faithfulness to God is without question. How many of us can say that, that our faith in God is without question? God is the greatest treasure you can pass to the next generation. It's not the money, it's not the gold bars, it's not the properties, it's not all the material things, but your faith toward God. Amen? So it is important that your children see that. It is important when your children, when they see that, you know, when you go through the tough times, when the family goes through the tough times, what do you, who do you turn to? Faith in God. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, enduring faith. Secondly, which is equally as important, a life of righteousness. Doing the right things is not that common in these days. People keep wanting the fastest and the easiest at the expense of righteousness. 
never compromise your righteousness. Even it has to take the longer route. Because it's the right thing to do, do it. Let your righteousness be the voice of your character. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 says, But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You will be blessed at the end of it all, and this blessing will flow down to the next generation. A life of righteousness. Don't take the shortcut. You remember the story that I shared with you last week? About this, you know, this, this boy was called into the principal's office. And the father went to, to the office and, and asked the principal, what has, you know, what has my son done this time? And the principal said that, you know, your son has been stealing paper, stationeries, you know, and, and all the pens and, 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 and erasers from, from, from his friends. And, and you know what? The father turned to, to, to the principal and said, why would he want to do that? He, I could have taken it from the office for him. Because the father is living that kind of life, this, the son followed through. So how you, when you, you, you see, I, I can see the trait, the traits in, 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 in you know, some of, of the people that, that, you know, in this church, that a lot of times that the decisions they make has a, you know, has a lot been influenced by how their fathers have made those decisions. If church is not important to the parents, I tell you what, your children will not see the importance of church. Even though you have tons of Bibles in the house, you have crosses every, in every room, you play Christian music everywhere, it will not make a difference. When, when parents tell their children, you know what, your exam, don't go to church. When you're busy at work, focus on your work. You know what will happen? That's exactly the thing that they will do. You know, I've seen... You know, some, sometimes I wonder how they got all these traits because the thing is this, that it must have been demonstrated in one way. And I've seen people who eat durian with chopsticks. I'm wondering, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so I asked, why do you eat chopsticks? You know, my, my mom, my dad taught me that so that your hand won't be smelly. If it's smelly, why would you eat it? You understand what I'm saying? So, it's, it's, it's because you brought in that, that, that environment. So, a life of righteousness, if you demonstrated it, even though it's to your disadvantage, but when your children sees that, they will emulate it. They know that it's the right thing to do, they will do it. It's the right thing to do, they will hold on to it. Even though when pressures are mounting, they will still do the right thing. So, you must always do the right thing. And if we keep doing the right thing, we will be blessed. And when we are blessed, we have a blessing to pass on to the next generation. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, do the right thing. Amen? And the third point, generosity. Everybody say Generosity. What you want, you have to first learn to give it away. That's a biblical principle. What you sow is what you will reap. Generosity is not a theory. It is practical. 
It is not information. It is action. It is not the thoughts that count. The Bible says, remember this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is a principle of God. It is not the thought that counts. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm thinking of being generous this morning. But then your action does not show it. You want the next generation to be generous, you've got to sow generously. And I tell you this, your, generous, your generosity should be unlimited. It's funny because I was preparing this, I said, how, you know, I, 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 I did some research, how generosity can affect the next generation. And I came across this journal, the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology. You know, a professor by the name of Wade Benzoni, he worked with a PhD student by the name of Min Bang, and also a Hong Kong uh, student by the name of Christy Zhou, and they did a research on how generosity influences future generations. So the team conducted five studies on what influences generosity in the present to beneficiaries in the future. So in one study, one of the studies, they gathered 80 participants and they chose how much money to leave behind for the, person, for the next person to engage in the same decision-making task. So all of them, they were given a, a, you know, a, a certain amount of money, all right, and doing, you know, deciding on something. So what happened is this, that they are to pass on whatever that they have gained or, or lose whatever you know, to, to the next person in line. So this is what they found. Some were told the previous participant had left them the maximum allowed amount. So the next person came, so they were told that your predecessor have given you everything, maximum of their ability they given to you. While others were told that you received the least because they held back. So participants were more generous, who were more generous to their successors. When informed that previous participant had generous intentions. All right, so let me rephrase this, okay? So what happened was this, those that are more generous, when they pass on to the next generation, the next generation became more generous. That's the bottom line. But those that, that you know, that before them was raised stingy, what happened is this, that they gave lesser. So, it has a effect if you become generous. Right now in your generation, it will affect the next generation. So the generation after will be even more generous when you first be generous. So no matter how much you have in your life, it's not about the amount, but it's about your generosity. So it will make a difference. So living a legacy is very intentional. It is not something that just happened. It is something that you choose to build right now in your life. So I'm not just talking this morning to fathers per se or to parents, but I'm talking about all of us here in this place. 
what you decide today, how you live your life, is going to be what you're going to pass on to your next generation. Amen? Your faith, your righteousness, the way that you choose to do the right things and your generosity will become a great impact to the coming generations. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, it says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one, gets the, one person gets the prize? So run to win. It says, run to win. Paul was not talking about salvation here because salvation is a gift. You don't have to earn it. It is a gift. Paul was talking about an earned reward. The way that you live your life, the way that you run this race is going to bring forth a reward in your life. And I believe that that reward can be passed down to the future generations. So how you live your life is important. How you choose to live your life is important. So Paul is encouraging the people here, don't drop the baton. Don't drop the baton. The baton is in your hands right now. How are you going to choose to run it? How are you going to pass down to the next generation? If you drop the baton, the next generation is going to suffer. So it's very crucial for each and every one of us to realize this, that there's something that we leave behind for the next generation. What are you, it's not too early to start thinking about it. It's not too early to work upon it because what you choose to sow today, you will reap tomorrow. Amen? So don't take this for granted. I want to challenge all of us, including myself, to be able to really live our lives right, to really be example of enduring faith. No matter what happens, we hold on to God, we hold on to Jesus. Our faith will always be the hallmark of our lives, that we'll always do the right thing, to be righteous in everything that we do, so that that could be our voice of our, to our character, that we don't even need to justify when, when accusations are brought towards us, let our righteousness be our advocate. And then our generosity. This is not as common as you think. But generosity is so crucial because if you choose to live a generous life, your future generation is going to reap the benefit of what you do. But if you're going to be stingy, chances are, the next generation will have lesser and they will even be more stingy and as you go on, it's going to get lesser and lesser. This is how the principle works. You think that you can gather more. I can honestly tell you this. The Bible says this. Treasures on earth, moth and rust will destroy. But treasures in heaven, moth and rust will not destroy. I pray that we will live behind a good legacy. Amen? Not just buildings, not just material wealth, not just possessions. You know, me and my wife, we sat down the other day after the, the break-in in, in, in our house and we were like, oh, you know, just the feeling of someone broken into the house. And my wife looked at me and, and she said this, she said, we lost, you know, most of our, in fact, all of our jewelries, we don't have much anyway, but all our wedding bands and, and you know, uh, my proposal ring to her. Yeah. 
you know, a lot of memories. But a little bit sad, both of us when we sat down just talking about it, and I was like, wow. But then we look at each other, we said this, she said this, said, thank God it's only things. Thank God it's only things. So when she said that, I just look at her, I was like, yeah, it's true. Things. Because we know that there's something that's more important in this life than things. And then my wife said this, said, you know, from now onwards, no need to have so much jewelry. But she did mention, maybe just buy me one diamond ring enough for you. So I look at her and say, wow. That's a quick one. All right. And she said this. It must be bigger than the proposal ring. Ah. So that when other people see, they, they know that, you know, I have a good husband. I look at her, I smile. Then I say, how about the bracelet and, and the necklace and all? You say, nah, those things are not important. But the diamond ring, I remember. <laughs> so I, I look at her and I just really thank God that we did not, you know, like so sad that we could not bounce back after we lost some of these things. You know, someone along my, my, my street have lost hundred over thousand of things just, you know, about a, month, a year ago. Same, same, you know, uh, break-in and stuff. Up to today, he was still struggling with it. When he talked to me about this whole thing, he came over to my house when he found out. You know, he still carried that, that hurt and, and stuff like that. So I look at him. I say, things can be gained back. But there are more important things in life. When we lose it, we can never gain back. Friends, as young as some of us may be, some of you may be, there's something that we cannot gain back. In fact, all of us can't gain back, which is time. And in that time, what do we choose to do with that time is so important because that time, in that time, is a legacy that we're going to leave behind. We can't just decide to leave a good legacy in the last five years of our lives. It is every day. If our life is like a book, what will be the last chapter? How, how is it going to be written? It's going to be dependent on the chapter before and the chapter before is going to be dependent on the chapter before that. It's not like everything terrible and then you know you have a good ending. In it. it doesn't make sense. Even though we know that God can do the impossible. But why, why do we want to to be like that when right now we can choose to leave a good legacy behind. You know, some of you are, are you know, uh, young fathers. Your children emulate you. Friends, we're, you know, we're talking about children. How about us? How about the rest of us? That we have a responsibility of, to our faith. Because our faith is going to be an example to those that will follow after us, no matter how young or how old you are. Our faith. 
will impact and influence someone. That's why it's so crucial that we choose to live a life that's honouring, a life that's given over to God. An enduring faith, a life of righteousness, a life of generosity. You know, in our church, we thank God. There are a lot of people ask, you know, Pastor, you know, every time when, when we have Father's Day, Mother's Day, we have events, you know, even some of our members say, you know, Harvest Generation, you don't worry, they'll know how to feed you. And people ask, Pastor, how, how you charge the people? You know, I say, no. In this church, we don't charge people for food. <laughs> we don't sell coupons. But we, we understand one thing is this, we've got to be generous. We've got to live a life of generosity. It's not just about, you know, having more money in the bank account. It's about giving to the people. Giving back to society. Giving back to the people. And looking at how, where we have come and, and this place is a miracle of God. We didn't have the money for this. But because of the generosity of the people, you have, you have drawn the blessing of God. And that's why we are still able to be here. And God knows for our future, it's going to be even greater because of the generosity that we choose to, to do. Friends, I'm not just talking about church. I'm, I'm want, I want this to be translated into our lives, into our family, into all our generations to come. Because it starts with you. It starts with you. Friends, this morning, even though it's Father's Day, this message is not just for fathers, it's for every one of us. What do we want to leave behind? I don't want to be known as someone, oh, you know, he built this building. That's really sad. I want to be remembered as someone who has enduring faith. Even when I'm long gone, when people think about me, say, wow, you know, Pastor Ryan, he was a man of faith. No matter how terrible situations are, you can still see a smile on his face that is still pressed on, no matter how painful it is. Because he has Jesus as his God. I want to be known as that. I want to be a person who does the right thing. Not a person who compromises my way through. If it's the right thing to do, I will do it. Even if it means that in the middle of the night, the, 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 the traffic lights red and there's no car, I will still stop there. And not jump the red light. generous. I want to be as generous as I can be. Whatever capacity I have, I want to be generous. I don't have much, but I want to be generous. Because my generosity is not dependent on how much I have. It's dependent on who I am. That is what I want to leave behind. I want this church. I really want this church to be known as a generous church. We may not be rich, but we are generous. We may not have a lot of money in our bank account. In fact, we don't have a lot of money in our bank account, but we want to be generous. You know, people say, you know, after shifting here, 
Yeah, and there's so many things that needs finances to be stabilized. You know, we, we need to have a certain... Uh, I know all those things are good things, but I will not hold back at the expense of being generous to the people. We will not hold back. Because church is about people. It's not about buildings. It's not about how much money we have bank account. How, it's not about how much security we have. It's about our security in God. Amen? So this is our generation. So church, this morning, I want to encourage all of us. Start thinking about what legacy you want to leave behind. Leaving a legacy is not only for old people. It's where you are right now in your life. The decisions you make, even as a young person, the relationship that you choose You know, I thank God that so many of our leaders, they choose to do the right thing. You know, some of them have even chose to stay back in this country and give up the, the, the whole dream of living overseas because they know that God has a purpose for them here in this country. I mean, who does that? Everybody says God's will is overseas. Hardly anyone says God's will is back in Malaysia. But we have leaders have done that, it says, yes, I will not go. I will stay back because God has a place for me here to build this church, to build His house, to build His purpose. I thank God for them. They will leave a good legacy behind. How about us this morning? Are there some things in our lives that we can make a decision upon? Something that we need to give up because we know that it's holding us back. Something we need to grab hold on because we know that that's going to be good for the future generations. Amen? You know, my wife, before we end, I'm going to just share this one more thing. My wife, every other time she will ask, Dear, why do you marry me? You know, husbands, you know how hard that question is. You say they are beautiful and they say, ah, ah, only beauty, ah, you know? <laughs> you know, they say, oh, you know, you are a very nice person. There's a lot of nice people around. How to answer them? So my wife asked me, dear, why do you marry me? Then I look at her, I smile. Then she said, please, ah, you tell me the truth. Wow. So I look at her, I said, one thing for sure, because I see you building God's will together with me. And she looked at me, what else? <laughs> but that is the thing that, so I, I could not imagine anyone else who would go through that mill with me, you know, I, I didn't have money when I married her. I, we don't have really, you know, thriving church when, when I married her. It was nothing. But she chose to walk this path with me. I tell you what, she has left, at least to me, a really great legacy. Then I asked her, then why do you choose me? 
Then she looked at me. She thought for a while. Then she said, same answer as you. Lah. <laughs> So, but you see, some decisions that we make in life may not make sense. But it makes sense for the future generations. Amen? It may not make sense right now, but it will make sense in future generations. Fathers, I know that certain sacrifices you have made may not make sense now, but it will make sense in the coming generations. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's start early. Amen? Let's start early. Let's leave a good legacy behind. A legacy of faith. A legacy of righteousness. A legacy of generosity. It starts right here, right now. In our lives. No matter how young or how old we are. It starts right now. Amen? So church, let's pray together. Amen. Let's close our eyes all across this place. How many of you this morning, you are very serious about this? And you are saying, God, I don't know how, but I want to be serious with the way that I live my life. Because I know that this is going to influence the future generations. Even though I don't even have a girlfriend right now, but I know that when I have a family, it will impact my family even though I don't have grandchildren right now, but it will impact my grandchildren when they come. But I choose today, first and foremost, to be serious in my commitment to you, that my faith will be an enduring faith, that I choose to live a righteous life where everybody seems to do it the wrong way and it seems to be popular, but yet I will still choose to do the right thing. And Lord, I want to be generous. I want to leave behind a generous life that people will be able to say that I've benefited because of His generosity. So if you are serious this morning about this, friends, I want you wherever you are standing, why not just lift up your hands to Jesus? Let's make this a personal commitment to Jesus. Shundori di ababarabahan di di amasundurabahan Holy Spirit Shundori di di ababarahan You are greatest example of Father Thank you Lord Shundori ababarabahan di di amasundur Lord your goodness Lord is upon our lives Your goodness is our greatest assurance our example of Father to us Father we stand before you this morning with our hands lifted to you Father, we know the importance of leaving something behind that will, Lord, even be a greater impact than when we are alive. Father, I pray that in this very moment, speak to our hearts. Some things that we need to do to set our lives, to align our lives, so Father, to that kind of life that will leave behind a great legacy, a great spiritual legacy. Lord, we pray. Help us, O oh Father, to do it, O oh God. And things that we need to let go, help us to let it go. Because we know 
that Lord, that this generation and the future generations are dependent on us, O God. So Lord, we pray, help us to make the right choices in life. So Lord, we thank you for every hand that's lifted up here in this place. Father, thank you that the future generations is going to be brighter than what we ever have in this generation. So thank you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you have placed fathers in our lives. Lord, we thank you that they are, Lord, the greatest example of what, Lord, a father's love is, is all about in, in, our, in our physical life. So, Lord, we pray that, Lord, that you bless them indeed. Lord, even though they may not be perfect, Lord, we also as children are not perfect. And, Lord, we pray that, Lord, that you will, Lord, you will, Lord, bless them for all the sacrifices that they made for the family. Lord, even at times where we may not understand or fully comprehend, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you will bless them in abundance, O God. Lord, we want to say thank you for our fathers. Thank you, O God, for their lives. And, Lord, we pray that, Lord, that indeed the glory of the latter days is going to be greater than the former. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name, all of them, Lord, will have good health. They have a good life. They will have a long life. They will see their grandchildren. They will see even their great-grandchildren, O Father. So, Lord, we want to trust. We want to believe in you, Lord, for, for good health upon them and a good life, a long life, O Father. And, Lord, may they continue to be that pillar of faith, that example, a testimony of your goodness, O God, Lord, to the family. Lord, we thank you. We pray. Be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.